You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You know, when I hear terms like artificial intelligence, blockchain technology, um, advancements in in the the ingestible pill capsule that is going to tell you how fast you're digesting or metabolizing a medication. I get excited to have interviews that really leverage technology that's not science fiction, but something that's being leveraged in the pharmacy industry, in community pharmacy or, or long-term care, or even specialty pharmacy. There was an article that came out it was uh, titled Galva Pharmacy is first United States pharmacy to use artificial intelligence to improve drug matching and usability of RX instructions in e-prescriptions. And when I read this, I, you know me, if you listen to the podcast, got really excited about uh, the opportunity to interview the pharmacy, Galva Pharmacy, that's actually doing this. This is going to be a very surprising interview for our pharmacy owners and really understanding what this means, the domino effect of things that are starting and, um, and what this means for patient care, which is really the most important part of this. My name is Todd Urey. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And today I have two special guests, Scott Galva, who is uh, the owner of Galva Pharmacy, an independent drugstore serving Galva, Illinois, and surrounding communities since 1992. Scott graduated from Drake University in 1990. And what's interesting is Drake University and the Pharmacy Podcast are working on a very special project, which we'll tell you, tell you more about in, in upcoming episodes. And then we also have Cameron Deemer, who serves as Dr. First President and brings more than 20 years of healthcare industry experience to his position. He joined Dr. First back in 2004, same year I entered pharmacy, which is exciting to say, and 16, 17 years ago. I want to welcome Scott to the uh, Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, thank you, Ted. Hey, so tell me just right out of the gate a little bit about your pharmacy in the great state of Illinois, uh, right there in Galva. Well, I'm in the... the Western reaches of Northern Illinois, um, about an hour away from the Iowa border, pretty much farm country out here. Um, the actual town of Galva has about two to 3,000 people. There are quite a few little towns within the area that are part of my market area that, uh, you know, 800, 300 people. So it's, it's really been uh, fun being out here pretty much all my career. Um, getting to know the people, being part of the community, and then servicing them in ways that others in the industry are not able to uh, accomplish on a personal level. So, Cam, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. I'm glad you could join us. Hi, Todd. Thank you. Good to be here. So, right out of um, right out of the gate for you as well, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in community pharmacy as a, as a technology leader. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, you know, pharmacies may not realize, well, they, they probably realize it, they're probably not thinking of the implications. They've actually known us for about 20 years now. Our company started out as an e-prescribing company, and certainly pharmacies have seen us in their queues. 
um, if nothing else. But what they probably didn't realize is that as a company, our, our vision was much broader than e-prescribing. And over the last 20 years, we've been working on executing to that vision of bringing together really workflow, efficiency, collaboration between you know, physicians, pharmacists, hospitals, patients, and really everyone else in, we call it the healthy verse, you know, all the stakeholders that, that have something they want to collaborate on around that patient, whether it's a, you know, payer, PBM, pharma, um, you know, labs, whatever. I mean, everybody's working for the same goal, a good outcome for the patient. And as a company, we've tried to bring that all together in an efficient way. So Scott, what led you to leveraging uh, the technology through Dr. First, which is an extension of the electronic prescription, which has been around for a while, but it's starting to be really perfected. They're really starting to drill down into the additional clinical support information that's driven through the e-prescription. And we know that 84% of our new prescriptions are being driven through e-prescribing. So how did this all start in, in, in coming to today where you're really leveraging artificial intelligence and helping you as an operator and a pharmacy owner, but also your patients? Well, it was uh, towards the end of uh, 2020 here, I was contacted by my software vendor, uh, SpeedScript, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, they contacted me saying, hey, we're teaming up with the doctor first to try artificial intelligence for all the signature caps and then also uh, drug matching with what's in my system, what I have actually in inventory, which was like, you know, to me, it was like, wow, I could do all this. So uh, I said, yes, I'll jump into this head first. Let's go. So uh, at first it was I was hesitant, not knowing what I was going to be getting into. And then as it started rolling through, uh, we had weekly meetings, you know, and they would ask me input of, you know, what are you seeing? What don't you like? What are you seeing that's a possible problem that we can correct right away? And uh, it just, it's been snowballing ever since. And I swear every day, it just gets better and better and more smart. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, Cam, I wanted to come back to you and really understand how you started into the artificial intelligence play to collect a different additional information, but more importantly, driving that data back to the community pharmacy so that so that it can be used in in patient care plans. Yeah, I might I might start a little further back than that and uh, take a run at it. Uh, this would be interesting. Scott might have some reflection on this as well. I think you said you started in pharmacy in 2004. Yep. It was it was really about two years before that that a major um, improvement came in electronic prescribing. It's if you think about it, again, I don't know how long either of you have, have been engaged in this space, but in the early 90s is, as I recall, when we were doing some of the, not we doctor first, but we as an industry, really started experimenting with e-prescribing and those, you know, it was pretty rocky in the beginning, but toward the end of the nineties, the early two thousands, um, you know, the, the payer community got together and decided, look, we really got to drive this thing. You know, it'll, it'll lend a lot of efficiency to what we're all doing. 
and they formed a company called RX Hub. Um, in reaction to that, the pharmacy community quickly formed an organization called Shorescripts, and the two of them went head to head. You know, and it was interesting they they would not work together with vendors. So a vendor like Doctor First, by the time you know we came along in 2000, we were not permitted to have a contract with both of them. We had to choose. So you could either choose to work with Shorescript and Access Pharmacy, or you could choose to work with RX Hub and get access to payer data, you know, formulary, you know, copay stuff like that, uh, plan design. And it just wasn't practical, right? Because when the pharmacy would get a script coming through Shorescript, it, it wouldn't be informed by the patient's plan design and you'd have to do work all over again at the pharmacy. If you went to RX Hub, you would be sending a fax to the pharmacy, which also was suboptimal, right? Because then you got to rekey everything off the fax. But at least it would be informed by the patient's plan design to some degree. So it wasn't until 2002 that that all came together with Dr. First. We were working in Massachusetts, and we were the first to combine both RX Hub and Shorescript in a single system. And that later became, you know, sort of the practice throughout the industry. Um, it's weird now to think that you didn't have both things, but you didn't originally. And over time, you know, we've been involved in many other key developments like this. You know, the concept of real-time benefit check. So you can tell a patient the exact amount they're going to pay at the pharmacy and tell the doctor when they're picking the drug. We created that with Humana. Um, even something like electronic prescribing of controlled substances, we developed all the technology for that as well, piloted that and became the basis for the interim final rule from, uh, you know, the DEA. Um, so we've always tried to be on the cutting edge of what's missing from e-prescribing. And we've now turned our attention to moving some of the tools that we developed for the acute care community into pharmacy where they have many of the same kind of problems. There's, there are just some dirty little secrets of e-prescribing that most people don't know. And one of them is something simple like how this uh, NDC works when, it, when it's presented to the pharmacy. So Scott, um, I guess, uh, I don't think you mentioned this, Scott, but before you had the AI system, what did you have to do when a script came into the pharmacy? Uh, pretty much when a script came over from eScript, it would pull up on my screen. I was able to read through it, take that stuff off of the script and put it into my system, into my own uh, verbiage, uh, find my drug that I had in the inventory and go from there. Yeah, so you had to do data entry pretty much on every drug, right? Exactly, every single drug. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the thing people don't talk about very much that the way a prescription is written and transmitted doesn't match the way a pharmacy needs to receive it. And in this case, we were through the machine learning and AI, we we're trying to deal with two specific problems. So one is that the physician could care less what NDC they send. I mean, the physician's probably not even aware that an NDC is being sent. It's called a representative NDC. And the purpose of it is strictly to identify the name of the drug 
Um, the physician doesn't care about all the other data that's coded into an NDC. That's something the pharmacy cares about, the PBM cares about. The physician just wants you to know what drug he's talking about. So the chance of a, a representative NDC matching anything you're going to dispense is very slim. Um, second issue is, you know, the physician is going to write the instruction for the drug in a way that makes sense to him without any regard to whether it's going to fit on a label, you know, whether it's got abbreviations, the patient won't understand, um, whether it even uses the same terminology that the pharmacist wants to use to be consistent between patients. And these are, these are really hard problems to solve. They sound simple. But if you think about like what Scott just said, the way we solve it today is we have a very brilliant human being make the conversion, right? So when uh, I think if you talk to every vendor, every chain, they'd say they've solved this problem, that they already have a solution. And they, they do have a solution. They have algorithms that people have designed that said, if it says this, change it to this. And that's maybe a 40% solution. But to get to a 90 plus percent solution, you got to have more than what a programmer can anticipate. You know, you've, you've actually got to be able to learn and that's what AI does different. We turn the machine learning loose on the billions of scripts that we have at Dr. First in our databases, as well as working with SpeedScript on their scripts. And we can have the AI learn every possible misspelling, every possible wrong term, you know, any incomplete information that can be inferred from the rest of the prescription. And then the AI can take over and say, okay, I know what this one should be. I know what this one should be. So when some, you know, when a pharmacist like Scott then goes to look at the prescription instead of the one, instead of the NDC that came on the script, we can substitute the one we know is on the pharmacy shelf that matches appropriately to that NDC. And for the uh, label, you know, for the instructions, uh, we can translate it into the language that pharmacy would use. We can change, you know, parse it all apart, take out the abbreviations, replace them with what the pharmacy wants to use. And it doesn't matter all the hundreds of ways a word could be misspelled or, you know, the different kinds of words that could be used. The machine learning just learns and the AI then can, you know, make that something useful for the end user. So, so that's what it brings different. It, it brings human-like learning to a problem that currently has to be handled by humans. I think pharmacy has been working very hard to focus on adding value into this collaboration with providers and patients. And part of that has been moving responsibility upstream to the physician's office. So a lot of our work has been on innovations to help the physician send a good, clean prescription to the pharmacy. Now we're trying to help the pharmacy deal with, you know, the problems that remain once the script gets to them. So, Scott, I wanted to do kind of a, a check back on real on on the realism of technology the reason is is my whole background when i entered pharmacy as i was sharing with with cam at the beginning was in pharmacy technology was in pharmacy software and i quickly realized that so many really cool features of our program 
sometimes went to the wayside or got pushed to the side because the pharmacy operator, the pharmacy team, the workflow team didn't find it uh, useful, even though it seemed cool. So lots of developers out there who, who, who develop some really cool stuff and it, it doesn't equal value to the operator, at least in the beginning, because maybe it's, it's taxing to workflow in general. So coming back to speed scripts and smart suite kind of being pulled together uh, through your environment, tell us about it addressing what this means to your workflow daily. Uh, it really has cut down the amount of time that I'm actually converting what the doctor has put on that e-script into my system. So my system is able to put out the label that I feel happy with giving to a customer um, with the, the smart sig and speed script. I mean, they've made it so seamless to me. That's like, I pull it up, I hit a, a keystroke. It puts in the drug that's actually in my inventory. Um, the, the sig comes through. It comes in a way that's readable to the average patient. And then it also is able to calculate that they supply with speed script so that it's, it's all calculating everything and pretty much freeing up that time so that we can spend more time with the patient in the end, talking about the drug, uh, helping them questions and the, the things that we never were had those milliseconds. I mean, it, it seems weird that it, these quick seconds are really adding up to more time spending with the actual patient. So when I think of layering the value, teaching the value to other community pharmacy owners, Cam, I'm wondering how many pharmacies have access to the smart suite technology and, and when do you anticipate uh, rolling out more of that? Well, you are very much on the cutting edge of this today, Todd, because there is only one pharmacy today that has access to it. It's Scott's Pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Um, through this, uh, we're actually really fortunate that SpeedScript and Scott were willing to step out on this and be open to positive change. Because to your point, how often does technology disappoint, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this could end up being a grind that you just feel like you have to do because you said you would. So the fact that we've been able to collaborate well and produce something that, that makes a tangible difference very quickly is great. Um, pending a, a successful beta wrap up here with Scott's Pharmacy, SpeedScript is planning to offer this to all of their pharmacies. And uh, we're in the process also of getting the word out to additional vendors now to let them know this is coming to market soon. So I don't have a, a specific date for you. It's probably more a function of how quickly we can tell people the story and, you know, get them engaged and interested. That's why I was excited about this interview, Cam. Um, Scott, it, it's special to me not only to interview a pharmacy owner and a pharmacist who are my heroes, my most favorite providers, but someone who is a trailblazer. Share with our listeners what that means to you. You're really helping to improve uh, technology that's gonna be available to other independent pharmacies. What do you think the greatest benefit will be to implementing artificial intelligence in the community pharmacy throughout the country? Well, I, I really believe that uh, with this technology, the errors are gonna be lessened. Um, we're gonna have more time for the patient. Uh, everything that we've 
been taught in school, you know, I mean, the patient comes first, the way to explain the drugs to them, the interactions and all that stuff. But when we got stuck, you know, I've been in pharmacy for 30 some years, you know, back in the days, it was all transcribing what the doctor scribbled on this piece of paper to this to this technology now that, you know, I, it comes through the computer, you click on it, you see all the doctor's info, the patient's info. I mean, every year it seems like there's more and more data being shared between all of these entities so that we can provide better care. And when I signed up, I didn't realize I was going to be the only pharmacy in America. <laughs> so it, it's kind of cool. You know, here's this small little town in the middle of the Midwest, trailblazing pharmacy, hopefully forever. That's terrific. Um, your um, your community, do you think that the ones that are nerdy like me, the the clients that you have, uh, is this something that that would be an interest to to some of those those clients? Have you ever shared with your clients that your pharmacy, um, you know, right there in in their hometown in Galva, Illinois, is using artificial intelligence? Uh, nobody's really picked up on it yet. I've had a few people, you know, I've been able to tell, you know, that our techies too, or love the nerdy stuff, but beyond that, no, it really hasn't uh, gained any traction yet of publicity. <laughs> but are, are they showing up at your, uh, cover band outings on the weekends, uh, when you're playing, uh, <laughs> 90 songs, which by the way, I'd be a fan of that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome to hear. Um, Todd, yep. something I might uh, want to mention, you may be selling pharmacy a little short here. It's uh, I've actually been involved with pharmacy for about 30 years, and I know they were one of the first sectors of healthcare that, that really embraced technology and really have been a leader in a lot of ways through the years. You know, they're, they, they have their act together to a much higher degree than the rest of healthcare in terms of you know, the general efficiency of workflows, um, which is a little ironic then because they also have struggled for their place in, uh, you know, as a member of the care team, you know, on an equal footing with all the other members of the care team. But uh, I really think what Scott's doing is, is maintaining that tradition and giving pharmacy a chance for another big step ahead right now, which is actually pretty exciting. Thank that you. is exciting. Um, Scott, share with our listeners who are other pharmacy owners uh, some of the advice uh, that 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 you've taken from your experiences in in implementing doesn't have to be necessarily this specific technology, but technology in general. Um, just from your perspective as a pharmacy pharmacy owner. Well, like I said, when I first started in pharmacy, it was you know way back in the day it was typewriters and written prescriptions. And as I got into the pharmacy and graduated, and I realized that I wanted to stay in retail, especially independent, um, I realized that the technology that was coming forward wasn't being utilized. I mean, it's just like, you know, in college, computers were just starting to, to show up. You know, we all had apples and it was uh, the old adage of, uh, you know, you got a computer, but you're only using 10% of its brain because that's all you know how to do on it. So when I got into the pharmacy aspect and what speed scripts, every time they had something new that they wanted to try, I was up there, you know, oh, me, 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 come on, give it to me. I want to try it. Um, I've been on perpetual inventory since uh, early 90s. Um, so I've been able to have tight inventory control through all these years. Um, 
and just I just embrace it. I mean, throw it at me. And if I can use it, I'm going to try my best to incorporate it into everyday life. So it, it makes it easier. I mean, that's what it was designed to do. And let's do it. Cam, if these if these companies, if these technology providers aren't designing technology and software that is is helping a community pharmacy move forward and deliver better patient care, then it's really not worth uh, the time to to invest and to develop. I'm very impressed with Dr. First and your rollout of of the technology and the way that you've done it and embracing a a, a small community pharmacy um, like Scott's. And and what I'm curious is a, about is how are you staying fresh with such ideas? Is this um, a a work group that you're putting together on a monthly or a quarterly basis, or um, where are these um, where are these innovations coming from? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier we focus on what we call the triangle of care. We've been developing tools um, in a number of categories for physicians and hospitals for many many years. We found it a little harder to access the pharmacy space initially. Um, think pharmacy is very interesting. A lot of really smart people with really big business challenges. And it takes a while to win their trust, right? Like you've mentioned several times that whatever we do has to be very practical. But we can see, we can see where pharmacy has been left out of some of the developments. For instance, we provide a very comprehensive medication history feed for hospital, but we're unable to offer that same feed to pharmacy because of, you know, industry contracts or um, business concerns that a uh, you know pharmacies may, for competitive reasons, not want, you know, might not want to receive the feed or have other people receive the feed. But but there's a number of areas where we've innovated that we think will apply well to pharmacy. Some of which are probably a little a little harder to implement than what we're doing with Smart Suite. Um, for instance, we've done a lot of work around collaboration and telehealth tools, helping the physician or the hospital extend their practice out into the community as opposed to the other sort of consumer focused, you know, telehealth tools. And these collaboration tools are being used within health systems to tie together all the different departments and the workflows, as well as their workflows with payers, things like that. Um, pharmacy can make just as much use of this. This is one of the things we're starting to talk to vendors about how to bring them into these collaborative groups where everybody can communicate securely, get off the phone and, you know, really make workflows more efficient for everyone. Um, we've also been working a lot in the patient space, helping patients get to the pharmacy to pick up their drugs, dealing with that 25% that never start on therapy. And we've got a great solution that drives a lot of increased front store traffic by getting the patient into the pharmacy. And we're, you know, we're in communication now. We actually just closed our first deal around that with a major pharmacy vendor. And we've got a number of other ones that are beginning to engage with us. So focusing on collaboration, getting the patient into the pharmacy to make sure they, they get on therapy and visit the front store 
and then this machine learning and AI, these are all things we're bringing over from our work in other sectors of healthcare, also focused on medication management. So it's an outgrowth or other work, in other words. That's exciting to hear. And it, like I said, it, it doesn't make sense unless it makes sense. And the way that Dr. First is building this is right up against the the needs of the pharmacy operations and the 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 divesting of your technologies cam in what you're doing for health systems versus mm -hmm. the community pharmacy versus the long-term care provider there's a there's a there's a symbol and there is a constant through all of that where it's making sense and i think the silos are now coming down you know, when I entered pharmacy, there were very tight workflow differences, but now I'm seeing similarities in specialty pharmacy, mm -hmm. community pharmacy, and long-term care, and technology is really helping that to take place. So that's exciting. Yeah, you're really leaning into our tagline, which is unite the healthy verse. <laughs> you know, everyone in the care team's got a role to play. And we think they've been kept apart for too long by these nagging interoperability problems and, you know, the limitations of phones and VRUs and all the things that make it hard to work together when really everyone just wants what's best for the patient. Well, Scott Caravello uh, from Galvo Pharmacy and uh, Cameron Deemer um, leading uh, Dr. First, uh, we appreciate both of you on today's interview. We hope to have Scott, we'd love to have you back talking about um, where this technology has taken your pharmacy and, and patient care and, and really helping you to, to level up. And um, maybe we, we have you back in a year from today just to see where you are with this. I would, I would welcome that invite. Thank you. I'd ask you to send me an MP3 of, um, of a Motley Crue uh, song or something like that. <laughs> it's 90s rock. <laughs> we do uh, more Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, I'm older, so to me it was all new stuff to learn. <laughs> but I love the music. It, it's great. It's fun. It's a good release. Awesome. Well, I thank you both for being um, guests on the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Um, Dr. First has, has been back several times in the show notes. We will have other interviews that we've done with Dr. First so that you can listen to other uh, episodes um, that have been uh, sponsored by, by the organization. And, and I thank you both for, for being part of this. Thank you, Todd. Thanks a lot, Todd. Good to talk to you again. We were talking with Cam Deemer with Dr. First and, uh, and Scott Caravello with uh, Galva Pharmacy about artificial intelligence impact on patient care in community pharmacy. And as always, I thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. <laughs>